Welcome to the Using the Whole Whale podcast, where we learn from leaders about new ideas and digital strategies making a difference in the social impact world. This podcast is a proud production of Whole Whale, a B Corp digital agency. Thank you for joining us. Now, let's go learn something. This week on the Nonprofit Newsfeed, we are talking about new sort of troubles that the nonprofit PGA, yes, you heard me right, the PGA is a officially nonprofit, may have as Live Golf is joining them. We're talking a little bit about some sad news in around Juneteenth, as well as some tax classification stuff. We got a full roster here. How's it going, Nick? It's going great, George. As you mentioned, we have an interesting one to start us off at the top of the podcast. And this first story is that the PGA Tours nonprofit status has been complicated by the Live merger. So the big news came out last week that the PGA Tour is merging, quote unquote, with Live Golf, the fierce upstart competitor backed by Saudi Arabia's public investment fund. So this is, you know, kind of rocked professional golf. Live itself, just the presence of Live, which was very much an upstart and pilled away some important golfers from the PGA last year, has also rocked the world. But this merger was a surprise and quite frankly, a shock to nearly everybody. But the interesting angle here is that the PGA Tour is actually a nonprofit. So this gets complicated by the fact that you have nonprofits essentially merging with a for-profit entity owned almost entirely by Saudi Arabia's public investment fund. So concerns have been raised regarding this merger and the PGA Tour's tax status. And despite its intentions to maintain its nonprofit status, this proposed merger has actually led to an inquiry from U.S. Senator Blumenthal, as well as a new bill that was introduced by Representative John Garamendi, H.R. 3908, or the No Corporate Tax Exemption for Professional Sports Act, which essentially take away the nonprofit status of professional sports leagues in effort to curb what's essentially the foreign influence of a foreign entity on a United States nonprofit sports entity. So the PGA Tour is a 501c6 organization, not C3, not C4, C6, which according to IRS tax code primarily serves its members' benefits. So generating a revenue and, you know, giving payouts to its members, et cetera, et cetera. But the proposed merger aims to, quote, unify the game of golf globally by creating a new commercial entity encompassing the golf-related businesses of both the PGA Tour and the PIF, which live. However, the, the impact of the nonprofit's operations and its nonprofit status remains unclear. And George, this comes under overarching concerns about the merger, raising questions about sports washing and the, I guess you can say, successful efforts by foreign entities to really dramatically uh, get involved in professional sports. Not only, you know, we've seen this in the professional football, soccer world, Qatar hosting the, the FIFA World Cup last year, which itself was kind of a remarkable level of corruption on behalf of FIFA. And now this year, now Saudi Arabia, the, the public investment fund is controlled by the Saudi government and Mohammed bin Salman somewhat directly in the world of professional golf. George, what does this mean for nonprofits? What does this mean for nonprofit sports organizations? What's your takeaway on this? 
There's so many layers to this onion. We don't have enough podcasting hours to cover. At a high level, here's, you know, some interesting points. It's a 501c6, which I didn't realize is also a tax exempt, meaning that they don't pay taxes on that. As you mentioned, the exact number, I think, was $1.6 billion they made in 2021 against liabilities of $3.3 billion. And so they're generating revenue, but they are technically a not for profit, like with hyphens, not a nonprofit, which I realize has a subtle difference in that, technically speaking, they reinvest everything back into the sort of infrastructure and community. Now, the classic narrative for the PGA is that they are very much charitably minded. Money from every tournament does go in part back to nonprofits and donations to the community, albeit a lot of that is to promote it own existence of golf and promoting golf in general. So it's sort of like a little bit of like a, you know, self-fulfilling type of piece there. The other thing is like in, in total, they say they're, they're closing in on, you know, over 3 billion paid to charity. Now, in total, that may sound impressive, but keep in mind that is over the lifetime of the organization. Put another way, however, you know, something like 3%, 2 to 3% of their billions in revenue actually are going to, to charity. So, you know, at a certain point, you know, it may sound like a big number, but a small percentage of a big number still sounds like a big number, which is branding, right? It's, it's a narrative. Though, you know, 1% for the planet is 1%, right? When people are making those donations, should that organization get a tax classification of tax exempt for that? I think this point is pushed to its extreme, though, when you're talking about this amount of money, and I'm, I'm not entirely clear on the total amount, but a minority share in the PGA going to live golf as they uh, essentially take money from this Saudi-backed organization, which has documented a large number of human rights violations and has been noted as such. And I think they deserve every, every word and minute of scrutiny for this on a lot of different levels because of the way they have treated this issue, treated the players, but also have flown under the radar of a charitable banner, essentially not paying taxes as maybe they, they may need to. So I'm, I'm curious to see how this one nets out. Yeah, George, I think that's a, that's a great point. This is a story we'll continue to follow. It's a, a complicated one, one that, as you mentioned, like an onion has many, many layers to it. So we'll continue to follow this story. But I think to your point that, you know, is, is PGA really a, a nonprofit? We will see, particularly once the details of the merger are revealed in writing. Kind of the weird follow-up to this story is that proposed PGA Tour mer post-merger chairman Jay Monahan is on indefinite medical leave. Kind of an interesting wrinkle in a an already interesting and kind of bizarre saga. So this is a story that we will continue to watch. All right, what else do we have? I think we have some news. Clearly on Monday, we had Juneteenth, now federally recognized, of course, and Whole Whale did have off for this day. And I was looking around for, you know, sort of the news, positive nonprofit takes community gatherings and things like that. But unfortunately, Nick, you know, I found a lot of what you're about to talk about, actually. Yeah, George, that's exactly right. So Juneteenth is the holiday that increasingly is being celebrated across the United States. It's already recognized by a bunch of states, about 20 so states, I believe, but it's not recognized by about 30. So the majority of states are not officially recognized, but 
as you mentioned, our offices were closed. Many offices were closed yesterday. But unfortunately, most of the news, when you search for the news around Juneteenth, is around shootings. So mass shootings in communities across the U.S. have killed at least 12 people since Friday and injured more than 100. This is, this is kind of somewhat of a spike. This was a particularly deadly weekend in the United States when it comes to shootings. George, how do we, how do we go forward? Like this is, this is exhausting, you know? What as nonprofit professionals, nonprofits all often being on the front lines of their communities, what can those organizations do to instill confidence, calm, and, and help communities heal where rising violence and crime and particularly gun violence is on the rise across the country? What would you say to nonprofits interacting with communities and trying to essentially instill hope on, on Juneteenth, what should be both a commemorative, a memorative, but in also some ways a joyous holiday? I think I've made this point before, but effectively we have to think about expanding the sphere of work that gun regulation has for any nonprofit dealing with a community. As you see, it, it is touching everyone everywhere at points of contact, right? Where we have gatherings. And so if you are a nonprofit dealing with a public space that you promise to be safe, celebratory or otherwise, especially for, for youth and families, guess what? I, I believe that getting involved at some level with gun legislation, awareness and pressure, frankly, for elected officials, I mean, you can't, we can't do our business. We are not safe because of the laws of the land that you're allowing. It is no longer a, let's just leave it over for nonprofits focused on gun violence, but rather all nonprofits serving a community that you, I think, have to elevate this in terms of your, your messaging and your work, sadly. And the other side of it is I was really hoping for different narratives at a national level coming out of this. And, you know, was it a spike or was it organizations looking to talk about this issue? Is it simply, frankly, the start of summer and summer gatherings where this type of incidents, because public gatherings are more common, are, are simply going to be on the rise. I don't really know. Actually. Yeah, George, I think, I think that's a good perspective. I think this is there. This, this, hopefully there's more, there's more room to heal, which is exciting. Or not exciting, but you know, hopeful. Yeah. Hi. Our next story is that the IRS Office of the Chief Counsel has unveiled a generic legal advice memorandum with regarding NIL, which is name, image, and likeness opportunities for collegiate athletes. In particular, some something I've never heard of called NIL collectives, which gained traction after college. Athletes were able to essentially profit off of their name, image, and likeness. These collectives <laughs> are get tax-exempt status, but the IRS seems to say that they may not actually have public benefit and may actually really be just for the purpose of kind of personal benefit for collegiate student-athletes. George, I know that you were a student-athlete in college, and we've talked about some of the, the pros and cons of name, image, and likeness benefits for college-level athletes. What's your take on this story? This is a very interesting second order effect of the change that the NCAA has made with regard to 
allowing college athletes to profit off of their likeness. Fortunately, I was well safe of the type of risks of profiting off of my likeness. However, you know, this is very clearly seen in basketball, in football, and in certainly sports that could impact the, the health of participants. I'm very much pro for it. However, this is just a new sports marketing for collegiate athletes is some of the things that I think, I think the IRS is paying attention to, which is good. Yeah, I think if for anything, we want more attention on this, especially in the world of sports. There's so much money moving around, right? And I think that like greater attention is a good thing. So yeah, we'll, con we'll continue to kind of see that develop. I particular, in particular, am an NCAA a basketball fan. So interesting to see how this, this kind of plays out. I want to take us into our next story and our last one. This comes from The Nonprofit Times at thenonprofittimes.com. And it's about the U.S. Department of Energy taking grant applications for projects that reduce energy use within buildings owned and operated by 501c3 nonprofits. So the funds which are going to be available through the, quote, Renew America's Nonprofits Grant Program are part of President Biden's infrastructure law. So, George, if you happen to run a nonprofit, <laughs> you know, maybe maybe you do on the side, I don't know about that's implementing clean energy into America's infrastructure, you have the opportunity to apply for this federal grant. Well, you laugh, but I do run a nonprofit on the side, Power Poetry, a safe, creative, free place for young people online. However, we don't have any buildings. Now, here's the thing. This grant is open until the end of the month, June 29th, for a letter of intent and then the application in August. So, frankly, if you have a nonprofit building, Anything that can be sort of related to energy efficiency, and this could potentially include roof repair as well. I have, I have a dad who spent a lot of time helping a lot of schools redo their roofs and get new solar panels and insulation and all that sort of really does factor into energy efficiency as well as health for the nonprofit. So this is maybe an interesting opportunity to, to jump on if you have any infrastructure. Take a look. Deadline's June 29th. All right, Nick, speaking of infrastructure, if you're looking for any sort of nonprofit consulting support or needs, you should be checking out Nonprofitist. Over 300 nonprofit experts across things like fundraising, board development, and grant writing, and legal support, and you name it, go check it out there. We're big fans of their work over there. Absolutely. And should I take us into a feel-good story, George? Yeah, what do we got? This one, just super quick, comes from... WLKY CBS affiliate in Louisville, Kentucky, and is about a Louisville nonprofit organization that said it was the perfect occasion to grill out and celebrate dads in their community for Father's Day. George, happy belated Father's Day. Thanks a lot. I, I had a great time with my family on Father's Day and spent some time. Alrighty, quick question though for you, Nick, because you know it's coming. Why did the Bread for Benefit nonprofit have to close? Why did the Bread for Benefit nonprofit have to close? Mm -hmm. I do not know. They ran out of dough. Oh, well, that's what you get for making it to the end. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, George. This has been Using the Whole Whale podcast. If you want to keep learning more about these topics and others, head on over to wholewhale.com university to keep learning with us.
Thanks, as always, to gregthomasmusic.org for his tunes that underwrite our tracks. They're fantastic. Hope you're doing well, Greg. And just a reminder, subscribes really help us on any platform that you listen to us on. Please give a thought to click and subscribe and maybe even a comment because we like hearing from you. 